It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Titans. I'm Jimmy Morris, joined by Terry Lambert. Terry, how are you tonight? Doing well. What's going on? Uh, not a whole lot. Some interesting stuff went down in the NFL today, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about Richard Sherman. We're going to talk about uh, an option Titans picked up today and then get into a little bit of a, a listener Q&A uh, from Twitter. So we're going to do all those things. Before we do that, uh, Terry and I write from UCMiracles.com, covering the Titans for SB Nation. So check us out there. Obviously, we have the most up-to-date stuff throughout the day there. So go check that out for all of your Titans news as it happens. Um, you can also subscribe to the podcast Locked on Titans on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts, you can find us there. Follow us on Twitter, I'm at jmorrismcm, Terry's at tlambertfb, and the podcast, the, the Twitter for the podcast is at Locked on Titans. So follow all of those, and you will get all the of the most up-to-date information. Okay, so Titans news today, the Titans picked up the option on Luke Stocker's contract. You know, obviously they, they signed him late in the season last year, um, and so they had an option for this year. They picked that up. He's a guy that is is valuable because he can he can do you know a lot of things. He he can block. That was obviously his primary role uh, when he joined the team at, at the end of the season. But I mean, he's a guy that that can give you something in the passing game if you need him to. Not a whole lot, but um, is at least serviceable there. Um, and so, I mean, just just a good guy to have a flexibility if you want to use like an H-back or something like that, not having to have a, a, a fullback on the roster. He can kind of flex into that position as well. So uh, not not too surprised that they that they picked up his option. Now, that we can kind of go off of that into we, we had a new Todd McShay <laughs> mock draft today, and he once again had the Titans picking a tight end at 25 which makes absolutely zero sense considering you still have Delaney Walker. You have Jonathan Smith, who they spent a fourth-round pick on last year, who was, you know, good at times. I mean, I think hit hit a rookie wall a little bit, but you know, see some upside there. And then you got him picking up this option on Stalker. So with all those things, it makes zero sense the Titans would take a, a tight end in the first round. But for whatever reason, McShay, for the you know his second mock in a row, has the Titans going that direction. I have no idea. I don't have an answer. I don't know where you play Godert if you draft him. Uh, I don't know what you do with Johnny Smith. Uh, you draft a tight end in the first round, you better play him, and I'm not sure he plays. Uh, that's that's the crazy thing. So uh, I, I'm not putting any stock into the McShay mock. Um, uh, it, it's just bizarre to me. I don't I don't have an explanation for it, but. Uh, yeah, Stalker was a guy that we talked about a couple weeks ago. New staff coming in. Uh, we kind of wondered aloud if they were going to have a use for him. Sounds like they are uh, as, as kind of that third tight end. Insurance, uh, going to be a blocker, going to play some fullback, uh, going to be a lead blocker for, for Derrick Henry and whoever else the Titans add in the, in the backfield. So a good piece to have. Uh, and yeah, But McShay, He's way off with this, and I don't know if he's just looking for a draft slot because that's where he thinks Godert's going to land, uh, some somewhere in there, and that might be the case. Uh, but someone's got to got to fill him in. The Titans aren't taking a tight end. 
Uh, that has to be it, right? I mean, he just thinks that's where his value is, and so he's just finding the first team that he thinks he can give him to. I just it doesn't it, it makes absolutely no sense. So, um, but again, you know, I, I think that as the Titans continue to improve, I think you know they'll get a little bit more attention, and guys like Mache will start paying a little bit more attention maybe to you know their needs and that kind of stuff but again that that one just it makes no sense to me um all right the the other thing that i guess was interesting today you had the pro day at the university of alabama um so a lot came out from that you saw butch jones and alabama gear <laughs> which makes me want to vomit oh it made me uh, so happy yeah i'm an alabama fan terry's a tennessee fan in case you didn't know so i, I just I, I can't for the life of me understand what Nick Saban thinks he's going to gain by having Butch Jones on his staff, um, I just, I just it, it, it just it's mind-boggling to me. But that, that, obviously, that's that's not a, a, of importance to us here. Um, the the fact that Mike Vrabel was out there holding the bag uh, during some of the defensive line drills was pretty cool to see. Um, you know, and, and getting kind of I guess a first-hand view of of what those guys can do not really surprising to see that um and it just kind of goes to the the personality of Vrabel and you know we've seen John Robinson in training camp out here before uh in the middle of a of a drill uh, I, I think in like a seven on seven he was out there holding up tennis rackets and stuff uh when when you know the the, the offense was going through seven on seven and stuff to to mess up Mariota's passing lanes and that kind of stuff so I mean I, I think we kind of knew that Vrabel and, and Robinson have similar personalities, but I, I think this a little bit just speaks to the the similarity in those two guys, and I, I think it speaks to the way that they're going to run this team. Yeah, it's cool to see Mike's personality come out. You can just tell he loves football. I mean, what what head coach in the league is going to grab a bag and go invite the NFL, you know, a, a prospect to come at him? Yeah, he, these weren't little light shots he was taking from Rashawn Evans and Deshaun Hand. You know, these are some of the top college prospects, and, and they were coming after him. Uh, and he was coaching them up, so it was really cool to see. You, you can just tell. Uh, the guy loves football. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the more of that you see, the more excited this fan base is going to get for him. Absolutely. So, I mean, I, I think that, again, that just speaks to his personality, and we know that he's going to get in there and mix it up and – I think players are going to love that about him. So um, that's just something that was neat. Uh, The other big thing today was the other members of the Seattle Seahawks secondary uh, bidding farewell to Richard Sherman. Now, nothing has officially happened as of this point. And, you know, there's, I I guess, been kind of conflicting reports coming out of Seattle. It sounds like the the Seahawks are planning on releasing Richard Sherman at some point. They wanted him to restructure his deal – which is in the final final year of he's, he's set to make eleven million dollars in two thousand eighteen. Sherman has said he's not going to do that, so they're going to they're going to release him. It sounds like now you know the Seahawks have been trying to trade Richard Sherman for the last couple of off seasons, haven't gotten a package I guess that they were satisfied with to give him up for. But now it looks like it's, it's kind of the end of the road for him up there. And then of course that you know anytime a name gets brought up, anytime people somebody that people have heard of. Everybody thinks Titans should go sign the guy. Went back and forth with the people on Twitter uh, for the better part of the afternoon about how I don't think it's a good fit for the Titans here. A couple of things. One, obviously he would be an upgrade over LaShawn Sims. Okay, I'm not trying to make an argument that that's not the case. Um, Would he be an upgrade over Logan Ryan and Dory Jackson? Maybe. Here's the thing, though. Sherman turns 30 at the end of March. He's coming off an Achilles injury. 
Um, you know, and, and there's all kinds of scientific data that shows that guys that are 30 years old or older coming off of Achilles injuries, it's really hard for them to get back to the speed and explosiveness that they had before. So you've got that. You've got the fact that Sherman was declining anyway over the last couple of years. Now, obviously still a good player, but not a shutdown guy that he was three or four years ago. Um, the fact that he's going to want a lot of money. Again, they asked him to restructure his $11 million contract. He said no. So once they release him, I, I can't see him being excited about signing somewhere for less than 11, 12, 13, whatever it is, million per year. Um, I, I just I don't think that it would be smart to give a guy turning 30 coming off an Achilles injury, I, I don't think it makes sense to give him a, a two- or three-year deal, which is what he's, what he's absolutely going to want, worth, you know, what? If you give him a three-year deal, you've gotta, you're have got you talking $40 million guaranteed is what he's going to be looking for. And I just I don't think that's a good deal for the Titans. I, I just don't see how that makes sense for them. Yeah, it, everything in a vacuum, uh, Sherman's a clear upgrade. You know, you, you play Sherman, you play Logan Ryan, you play Adore Jackson. That's a pretty good cornerback group. Um, but you've got the baggage there, the baggage being the money. Uh, and the other thing that you didn't touch on, I agree with everything you said, Every, the thing you didn't touch on is the strong personality. You know, I don't want to say he's a problem in the locker room. I'm, I'm not in the Seattle locker room. I don't know. Uh, but we do know that's a strong personality. Uh, so, you know, you've had all these issues in the past with the Titans locker room just, just two years ago, uh, the Wizenhunt era, uh, talking about how guys weren't playing, weren't, weren't giving their, their full effort out there. I just don't know if you want to upset the leadership model that you've already got established in that locker room by adding a guy like Sherman who's going to demand respect, who's going to demand to be viewed as a leader. Uh, that dynamic to me is a little bit scary, uh, but on the field stuff, you know, you don't know how he's going to come back from that Achilles injury. Uh, that, that's a huge wild card. Uh, you've, he's going to turn 30 at the end of the month. You don't know how much he's got left in the tank. You would assume he's got a couple seasons, but are you really going to pay, you know, 10 or 12 million per year to figure that out? I, I just, I don't think the Titans are that team to to see what he's got left in the tank. I don't think they're a cornerback away. I actually think they're pretty good in the secondary. So um, you can make a case that, that he would upgrade the Titans' defense, and he probably would, but there's just too many other factors at risk for me. Yeah, sure. And if you know, if you thought you could get him on like a one-year deal where he's willing to to bet on himself and, and you know show that he's going to come back fully healthy from the Achilles injury, I, I mean that, that's, that's a different conversation. Probably, I just I don't see that happening. I don't I don't see that being what he settles for. And so anything else, I just don't understand. I just don't. It doesn't make sense to me. Again, I'm not saying that he's not a better player than guys the Titans have on the roster. He, he sure he he was. Before the injury, now again we're not 100 percent sure what he's gonna what he's gonna be when he comes back, but I, it just I don't know it, it doesn't make sense. And, and again, you know we everybody Jarvis Landry's available for trade. You got to go get him. Richard Sherman's gonna get cut. You got to go you, you know and all this stuff. And we just that's not how John Robinson operates. And so I just think that we should we should temper our expectations when it comes to these things. And again, look at the whole picture with a guy and see what it's gonna cost you what it's going to do to your locker room, and sure, what it does for you on the field as well. But I, I just don't see that as being a, a good fit for this team 
right now. So we'll keep an eye on that. Like I said, nothing's officially happened yet. Um, it sounds like they talked today, Sherman, and, and you know the, the powers in Seattle, but they haven't made an official decision on that as of yet. So we'll, we'll monitor that situation. But I just I don't see it as being a good fit for the Titans. All right, so um, we've got some listener questions that we're going to tackle a little bit coming up here in just a second. Um, and we actually got good participation on that, so we're, we're excited about that. And, again, follow Locked on Titans uh, if you want to get a question the next time we do this. But coming up, we're going to talk a little bit about the things we got on Twitter. Okay, so the first question that we got was, should the Titans pursue Vinnie Curry from Jordan Cullen? Matt Williamson brings the scouts' perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah, let's go throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging, with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws, but his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. Owen at TitansFan009. Vinny Curry, to me, is is an interesting guy. Um, I remember liking him when he was coming out from Marshall. And again, you know, the three positions that Titans have needed, it seems like, since the beginning of time, is pass rusher, especially as they move to the 3-4 wide receiver and cornerback. So, I mean, that's where we spend a lot of our time looking at guys coming out in drafts. Now, you know, we, we've talked about it, and we'll get a little, bit into, a little bit more into the wide receiver position here in, here in a little bit. But wide receiver and cornerback are not huge needs this go-around. Edge rusher, pass rusher is still the biggest need for this group. Vinny Curry, to me, I, I just, I don't know. what what How much money is he going to cost? He's got an $11 million cap number in 2018 so you're going to have to probably get him via trade now the eagles are with the addition of michael bennett today they are over the cap for next year so they're going to have to make some roster moves to free up some some money there so do they end up cutting him if they can't find uh you know a trade partner for him that that's a possibility but Vinny curry is a guy that hasn't he hasn't put up huge numbers he had not sacks one season that was you know two or three years ago um to me, he looks more like a four-three defensive end than a three-four outside linebacker. So I'm not sure that that would be a good use of resources. Again, considering you're going to have to give up picks to get him. I would agree with that. I would also point out that Kevin, he's about the same size as Kevin Dodd. Maybe that's something that John Robinson likes, uh, and maybe that's something that hasn't scared him off. Um, considering that Kevin Dodd is is likely going to bust. Uh, so 6'3", 279 pounds. Uh, he's going to be 30 when when the new season starts. So that's something to keep in mind here. Uh, the other thing at play is the Eagles are reportedly 12 to $14 million over the cap. So they're going to have to shed some salary. Uh, Curry is, is an obvious one with the addition of Michael Bennett there. Uh, so I think, I think whoever gets him is going to get him for cheaper than we're probably thinking. 
maybe a late round pick or, or something like that. So uh, maybe it, it's something to where we're getting caught up in three four versus four three. But we've heard Vrabel say, you know, he's going to put the players in situations where they can win. So. Um, you know, the Texans front was multiple. Uh, you saw them with four guys with hands in the dirt. You've seen them run plenty of nickel. You know, everybody runs a nickel nowadays in, in the NFL. So uh, not the worst idea if you can get him for cheap. Uh, I, I'm just not totally sure how cheap he's going to come. Yeah, that's the thing. And when we talk about anything, whether it be acquiring a guy via trade or in free agency, obviously the price, you know, plays into the decision with any of these guys. But yeah, I mean, I just think, you know, when, when you know the Eagles are in a spot where they, they've got to shed some cap room, um, it, it would make sense to hold out and, you know, see what the, what the bottom dollar you can get him for is. And again, they may end up cutting him. And then I think it's a little bit different conversation. Um, second question comes from Cole at C flatland 96. Um, looking at running backs in mid to late round, how would you rank these guys? And I'll toss this one to you. Uh, John Kelly, Akram Wadley, Royce Freeman, and Carrion Johnson. How do you rank those guys, and how do you see them as, as fits for the Titans? I would probably put Royce Freeman and Carrion uh, up at the top of that list. Uh, Royce had a really, really nice combine. Uh, hard to Hard to poke holes in anything he did. Uh, you know how big of a fan I am of John Kelly. Uh, I, I just think that guy's going to bring an attitude more than anything to to the backfield. Uh, but he's got the size, you know. He he showed up at the combine at two sixteen. He played at Tennessee at two o five, and then he didn't run after that. So that was a little curious to me. Uh, I, I just wonder if he's going to be able to hold on to that weight. So uh, size and durability uh, become questions with Kelly. Uh, but you know, really. You're talking about a day three back with the kind of juice that Kelly's got and the kind of attitude he's got. Um, he led Tennessee. I think he was tied with Tennessee in, in reception. So that's that's one of my favorite uh, day three backs. I haven't gotten to Wadley yet, so I'll hold out on an opinion for, from him. And uh, Honestly, I think any of those guys on day three, you'd be happy with the Titans acquiring um, because they're all guys that could come in and, and fill the role that we think that they need to fill. Uh, with the the compliments of Derrick Henry, so I don't I don't think you'd be disappointed with with any of those guys past that point. So, um, but I mean a good list there in guys that I think will definitely be on the Titans' radar, especially if they don't take a guy in the first three rounds. Um, now after this, I I, I got to be honest, the the Twitter handles and names are a little bit uh, perplexing to me. So if I butcher your 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 name or your Twitter handle, I apologize. Um, Deuce Volt. At 1307 Flow, um, asking about what, what we think the Titans will do in free agency. Um, talking about Vaccaro, Malcolm Butler, um, even Fuller, who got the transition tag, or a guard like Norwell, asking about Jarvis Landry. And, and we've covered a lot of this. I, all of those guys, I just think, are going to go in the first wave of free agency. And I don't see the Titans being involved in that wave. They haven't been to this point with John Robinson as, as the GM. Um, they have some holes. But they they don't have uh, – in those positions specifically, I mean, I guess interior alignment is, is one thing. But we talked about Norwell and the Giants and all that stuff last night. Um, but with Vaccaro, with Butler, Jarvis Landry, I mean, guys that are going to command a lot of money. Uh, when you talk about Landry, you're going to have to give up, you know, probably a, a pretty significant pick 
in order to get him. And so I, I just I don't see the Titans being involved in that. I know again we, we talked a little bit last night about tempering expectations as far as going into free agency. But I mean, do you agree here? I, I just those those are names that, in my opinion, are going to be off the board before you see the Titans sign their first free agent. Yeah, and we talked about Norrell being linked to the Giants already. I, I just don't think they're going to be in on him. Uh, you know, report today. The Titans are already talking to, to Josh Klein, trying to get something worked out. So we'll monitor that. Uh, really, the, I, I don't think they're going to be in on a guy like Butler. You know, how much better is Butler than LaShawn Sims? And, and, you know, Ty Smith did some nice things down the stretch. Uh, I don't I don't think he's enough of an upgrade to warrant paying, you know, for what, eight or nine million more per season. Uh, so I don't think they'll go down that road. Vaccaro is interesting. Um, he, he's kind of been disappointing in, in New Orleans. But I, I think the Titans could stand to get better at safety, opposite of Bayard, obviously. Uh, but you've got Cyprian there. And you know what he is. And, and he was supposed to be this big guy in the box that's going to be a sound tackler. And he was just he was bad. You know, and it was John Robinson's first signing. I think that's right. First big signing. Maybe he signed a special teamers first. Uh, but he just didn't have the impact that I think was was going that John Robinson thought he was going to have. So uh, I, I think they can do better there. We haven't heard any rumblings of him being cut or anything like that. So without them cutting Cyprian, I don't think they're going to go for a guy like Vaccaro. Yeah, I don't either. And that, that again, like you said, if they don't. If they don't move on from Cyprian, which I don't think any of us would be disappointed if they did, but I, I don't anticipate them doing that, you, you can't go out and give another safety a bunch of money. So obviously you got Kevin Byard, all pro, guy that they're, they're going to pay down the road, um, but you've got that money tied up in Cyprian. I, I just don't see them doing that. Um, the Mighty Ginge at Elwood's <laughs> Trousers, again, you know, That's a good one. Uh, cre- creative <laughs> Twitter names here, uh, asking about inside linebackers available to the Titans scheme, and then again about interior offensive linemen. So, you know, we know every, every Williamson is a free agent. He's a guy that has been a solid player for this team. But again, you know, Wesley Woodyard kind of took over that role this past year. We, we thought that Williamson would be the guy that's in the field all three downs, and he wasn't. Um, so, I mean, I think they're going to let Woodyard test the market. Now, that doesn't mean that he won't end up back here. But, I, I mean, I, obviously he's the guy that's been here, so they, they, they know about him. They're comfortable with him. Um, but he, he, he's kind of the guy that would be at the top of my list. But what, what do you see else out there as far as interior or uh, inside linebackers go? Uh, it's kind of dry as far as the market goes. Uh, you know, a guy like Brian Cushing is an obvious name uh, with ties to Vrabel. But outside of that, uh, really, there, there's not a lot out there. Uh, so I, I, I don't know. I, I think they're in a spot where they're going to hand the reins to Jayon Brown. I think you saw enough for, from him uh, in terms of coverage for sure uh, to warrant more playing time for him. Now, is he going to be the guy that – that runs up in the middle of the the front seven and, and shoots gaps and, and fills lanes correctly. I don't know. Uh, I don't think we've seen enough from him yet. Uh, but I think he's going to get it more of an expanded role. And then I think you got to look at the draft. Uh, I, I think Rashawn Evans from Alabama, a guy that did a little bit of everything for them. Uh, I think he makes a lot of sense at twenty five. Uh, you know, I, I've talked about edge rusher and how important I think that is. Evans could be a nice little backup plan there, though. 
Yeah, absolutely. And so I think that we'll get a, a little bit better indication of, of if that's a need that they're going to have after free agency. But I, I don't know. I, I, there, like you said, there's just not a lot there in, in this draft, or I mean in this free agency class. Um, you know, interior offensive linemen, again, they're, they're going to sign somebody in free agency. It might be Josh Klein. Um, like you said, there was a report there that they've talked to him today, but they're not close to a deal, so I don't really know what that means. But I, I think we see them sign something in free agency, whether it be they re-sign Klein or they go with like a, a sitting or somebody like that. Um, so, I mean, I, I think it's where they go. Quentin Spain will be back. But, you know, do, do they want to try to replace him? Can they upgrade there? Maybe. You know, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. But I, I think that we'll, we'll see them do a, a little bit of that in free, in free agency, and then maybe they look later in the draft to bring in a guy to be competition there. Um, next question from, you know, Skins at TSK1NZ uh, asking about Kevin Dodd which, again, is going to be a popular question as, as we head into here. Um, you know, and again, the question, do, do we feel like he's a lost cause? What, what do we see there? I, I, they're going to give him a chance. You know, you don't give up on the guy that was the first pick of the second round a couple of years ago without, you know, with a new coaching staff coming in, at least, you know, letting him get out there and, and, and prove what he can do. Uh, we talked a little bit a couple weeks ago about the comments that Mike Vrabel made on, on the Midday 180 about his conversation with Kevin Dodd and basically saying, look, come into camp in shape, and, and, and we'll see where it goes from there. So I, I think it's too early to make a determination on how this new staff feels about Dodd. You know, I, I mean, obviously at this point I'm, I'm leaning towards he's a bust. He's not ever going to be I – I don't think he's a good fit for a 3-4 outside linebacker. But I, I think this staff is going to give him every chance to prove that he can make an impact there. With Dodd, you've got to hope that what you've seen to this point has been injured Kevin Dodd. Uh, and, and, you know, the bad thing is I don't think that's the case. I don't think they would play him to the end of preseason games last year if he wasn't 100%. So uh, unless it's been some sort of injury-related thing, I've, I think we've seen what Kevin Dodd is, and it's just not a very explosive player. And, and maybe that, that's been affected by, by the foot injury. Uh, but I, I, I just think, you know, the, the proof is in the pudding. Uh, maybe Vrabel can, can help him, you know, technically. Maybe he can get better with his hands. Maybe he can get off a block. But from a pure athletic ability standpoint, he just doesn't have the, the burst uh, the speed to, to really get outside and bend the edge uh, like you want your, your pass rusher to do. Uh, so, you know, we've talked he's 280. Maybe you can kick him inside. Uh, maybe you can see what he's got in camp. But, you know, I, I went on the record after training camp last year. I, I said I would have cut him. I, I don't I don't see the use there. Um, I don't buy into just keeping a guy because of where you drafted him. Uh, you know, I, I think we know what Kevin Dodd is. I think he showed us that last preseason. Um, so it, unless something changes, I, I would guess his days are numbered here. Yeah, like you said, I mean, you get being the the top pick of the second round, you get a year or two, right? Yeah. Because they spend that pick. Sure. But we're we're past that now. So at this point, it's you know prove that you can do something, or it's time to move on. So you know, like I said, that that window's kind of closing. So we'll see how it goes in camp. Final questions tonight from Michael Lanc- Michael Lancaster at Radiation Mike. 
Uh, ask him about the wide receivers. What gives you such confidence in the wide receiver core? They brought in Decker last year to fill a role. He's probably gone. Matthews isn't getting younger. Sharp's coming off injury. Davis and Taylor have potential, but what have you seen that makes you think they're the answer? So uh, a lot to unpack in that question. Um, okay, so starting from the top, uh, Eric Decker is gone. They did think they had a role that they needed him to fill last year. That obviously didn't work out. All right. Um, Matthews isn't getting younger. Well, well, Matthews is still pretty young. Well, he's 24, 25. Um, so, I mean, he's been in the league for a while, but he, he's not an old guy at this point. Uh, his production was down last year versus what it was in 2017. But, again, we've had extensive conversations about the offense and all that stuff and how we think that everybody's going to bounce back and be a little bit better. Sure, Tajay Sharp, Tajay Sharp is coming off of an injury, and I think that the fan base as a whole has a lot more confidence in Tajay Sharp than I do. But I do think that he has a chance to be a productive wide receiver. No, he's not going to be a guy that, you know, defensive coordinators are losing sleep at night scheming against. But I think he's a guy that can, that can be productive. Davis and Taylor have potential. Yes, they absolutely do. Um, we saw what Corey Davis can be in the playoff game against the Patriots. Again, I'm giving everybody a mulligan for last year. Davis injuries, you know, obviously slowed him down last year, plus the offense. Same thing for Taewon Taylor. I mean, the Titans spent a third-round pick on him, so they obviously have confidence in his ability. So th- there's a lot at play here. Number one, I'm not saying that I think the Titans have the, the greatest wide receiver core in the NFL. Um, I, I think they have a, guy, a lot of guys that have potential. At the same time, I don't, I don't think that – you need to give up, you know, whatever Jarvis Landry is going to cost, a second, third-round pick, to bring him in, a guy that averaged 8.8 yards per reception last year. I don't I don't see them needing to give up that for that guy when you have guys that have better potential on the roster. I think Corey Davis is going to be a star in this league. I think Rashard Matthews is absolutely a good number two. Um, and, and then from there, we'll, we'll, we'll see what they have. I'm not saying that I don't think they could stand to upgrade the position. I wouldn't be mad if they, if they gave Sammy Watkins a bunch of money because I think he brings something to the table they don't have as far as speed's concerned. But when you, when you specifically talk about a guy like Jarvis Landry, I don't understand why you'd give up you know, a lot of draft capital to bring in a guy that is not going to be explosive, is not going to give you something that you don't potentially already have. Um, you, you've got a group there that's solid. Again, not that you can't upgrade there, but they have bigger needs than spending early draft picks on guys that come in and compete for those spots. Yeah, and to answer his question specifically, I don't I don't know that I'm all that confident in this group, but I am confident that the offense was terrible last year. I'm confident that uh, receivers ended up in the wrong spots. Uh, you know, I, we've talked a lot about how this offense was apparently. Uh, complex and there was a lot of decisions to be made by receivers and, and where to end up on the field and they and, and Marcus Mariota were never on the same page so I think you see a jump from that uh, and the other part of it is you've invested so much you've invested the fifth pick in Corey Davis and we all think that's going to pan out uh, Richard Matthews is still pretty good to me uh, and you've got Taewon Taylor who you spent a day two pick on and who I'm still pretty high on. And then you've got Tajay Sharp coming back, and who knows what you've got in him. So uh, it's not that they don't need another piece. I'm pretty certain they do. Uh, it's just not – I don't want to break the, break the bank for one. You know, I, I, I know fans don't want to hear 
the term dumpster diving or you know bargain bin shopping, but I think that's what's going to happen here. Uh, the bottom line is this: if your quarterback is really good, he makes the receiver. You know, you saw Peyton Manning win with a bunch of no-name receivers. Uh, he, who knows what Reggie Wayne is without him? You, you know, what is uh, Marvin Harrison without him? Uh, you see Brady winning with guys off the street, uh, a bunch of undrafted free agents. Uh, you know, Peyton Manning made Blair White a thing, uh, you know, and a converted linebacker at tight end. Uh, you know, it became one of the best in the NFL. So I think if your quarterback is that good, if your quarterback is going to make a jump like we think Mariota is, it becomes less about the receiver to me. So I just – I would rather see that money spent defensively where we know the Titans have issues. Uh, I'd rather see it spent – at running back where they need to get more explosive plays. Uh, so all of those are, are bigger needs to me. But, I, I, again, like you said, Sammy Watkins brings something to this offense that nobody on the roster can. So I would totally understand that, uh, that speed. And, and I, I think the Titans need to get faster overall as a team. Uh, I, I'm just not big on breaking the bank for a receiver because it rarely works out. Yeah, absolutely. And, again, you know, not saying this is the greatest wide receiver core ever, but you've got guys that have potential, and I just don't know why you block some of the guys that they have for a guy like Landry. So we'll see how it plays out. Again, if they were to go out and sign Allen Robinson or Sammy Watkins on you know the first couple of days of free agency, I would not be upset at all. I think that would be you know something that could benefit this offense, but I just, I just don't see that as being a, a huge need. And again. They have cap room this year, sure, and you're going to hear a lot about that. And people are, again, are, I think you're going to be yelling a lot in the first couple of days about, you know, the Titans not doing anything in free agency because they have all this cap space. But you have to look at the long term. You have to look at, you need to, you got to sign Taylor LeJuan. You got to sign Marcus Mariota, Jack Conklin, Kevin Byard. Again, just remember that the Titans have all this cap space right now because they were so bad drafting during the Russell Webster era that they didn't have anybody they could pay. Outside of Jarrell Casey, I mean, there's there's nobody on this roster that that they needed to pay, and so that that's going to change in the coming years, which is a good thing. So when you look at all the cap space that they have, and you start to get upset when they're not spending the money in free agency, just just remember that and look at that, and and trust in John Robinson, trust that he's going to make good picks in the draft, that he's going to in free agency fill some holes, but just maybe not do it with the big splash guy that we see, and again. How often does that work out? You know, we saw the the Jaguars this year. Finally, it, it it seemed to pan out for them. But the Redskins. I mean, you just look at teams like that that have spent all this money in free agency. It typically doesn't work out well. So I just again, I know everybody wants them to spend a bunch of money, and and wants them to you know win press conference in day one of free agency. I just don't see that as being John Robinson's approach next year. If you're if you're whoever it is, I mean, I haven't looked at free agency class for you know 2019, but if they're one player away from you know putting them over the hump and being that guy that they think can take them to the Super Bowl, sure he might do it then. But I, I just don't see who that player is in this class, and so I think he's going to be prudent again in how he spends the money this year, and you're going to see him find some again, like you said, you, you hate to say you know bargain shopping, but find some guys that are good values that can help the team, that don't put them in, you know, cap jail where they can sign Lawan, Mariota, Conklin, Kevin Byer, whoever, down the road. 
yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't see them tying up a bunch of money in in this free agency class. I just don't see the guy that that comes in from day one and makes them a Super Bowl contender. It's just not smart. It's not how it works. Uh, we were talking before the show. You know, you, you're seeing the Seahawks break up right now. Uh, that, that core of the defense is breaking up. Uh, it wasn't that long ago where you know we were talking about the Seahawks window. Uh, you know, before they pay Russell Wilson, and they gotta they gotta win this, this, and this before they pay all these players. Well, they paid all these players, and now they can't afford to do it anymore. Uh, so it it just happens just like that. Uh, so signing a big name right now, it, it would feel good for the immediate, but just gotta gotta, gotta kind of think down the road a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So. Again, we appreciate all the feedback that we got on Twitter. This is the best response that we've gotten for a Q&A episode, and so we appreciate that. And it's, it's going to become increasingly important as we move into the, you know, further into the offseason. Um, so thank you so much for the interaction that you gave us. Um, again, I think it makes it better to have, have some thoughts for some different people that we can kind of talk about. So follow us on Twitter at Locked On Titans for the next time we do this. We'll do another one in the next couple of weeks here. Uh, there anything else before we head out tonight? I think we hit it all. Yeah, so absolutely. And again, you know, we're next week, free agency kicks off. So we'll have plenty <laughs> to talk about at that point. Um, so stay tuned for that. Keep checking out the site, musicandmiracles.com, uh, all the up to date stuff for that. And then we'll be back with, with three or four new episodes next week of Locked On Titans. So again, Follow us on Twitter. I'm at JMorrisMCM. Terry's at T Lambert FB. Follow us there. Subscribe to the podcast. Rate and review us. Any comments or anything that you have, leave them for us there. Leave them on Twitter. Whatever we can do to make this show better, we we appreciate the feedback. Uh, for Terry, this is Jimmy saying thanks for listening to Locked On Titans, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network. But why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite NBA team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.